Hi, I'm Dr. Daniel Bynes. I'm Amanda. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Dr. Katie Elson. And together we are the, the Brain, Brain People. People, a group of real practicing mental health professionals. This podcast is a one-stop shop for all your mental health needs. We'll give you the tools to beat depression and anxiety one episode at a time. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Brain People podcast. I'm Amanda Anguish, and I'm a marriage licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Katie Elson. I'm a clinical psychologist. Yeah, and we're here talking about how to get the most out of your therapy sessions. We'll do a little precursor to that, too, maybe, but we want to talk about this because so often, you know, especially if you've never been to therapy you don't even know, one, what to expect, what am I supposed to do, how do I find a therapist, what, what is all about this, and maybe we've watched too many movies and TV shows and we think they're all going to be just like that, so we want to talk about that today. So, Katie, what is one of the things, one of the top things that people should be keeping in mind when they look for a therapist, first of all? Well, I think the thing that comes to mind is to recognize that they have a lot more control than what they recognize. So most people, they go and they find a therapist and they think that they're stuck. You know, when it comes to dating, when it comes to looking for a job, right, we do a screening process. We have control. We do? We do. <laughs> you mean I didn't just marry the first person that came along? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, uh, you know, I just accepted the first job that came along. You're like, do you really want to be here, Amanda? <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> you're like, Dr. Bynes, you're listening to this. Um, you have control, right? But when it comes to therapy, people think that they are just stuck with the first therapist. So one of the key aspects is knowing that you're in control and that you can interview. You can, you know, the same way that they ask you questions, you can ask your therapist question to see if it's a good fit. Yes. And not all of my clients have stayed after the first session. I shouldn't probably admit that. I've just been 100 percent successful in all of keeping them. And <laughs> well, it may not be you. Maybe <laughs> no, other factors. Thank you. See, even I need a therapist. <laughs> no, but I, I like to tell my clients uh, therapy is like a hairdresser. You know, if you don't like the way they cut your hair, then obviously you might want to go to somebody else. But it's always good to keep in mind if you're stuck in the 80s hairstyle, maybe that's not a good one because I think the 80s are back right now. If you're stuck in the 90s hairstyle and your therapist isn't like pushing you a little bit, then maybe you also want to find a new therapist at yeah. that point as well. So, so don't exit too soon. Right? Yeah, because. Are you exiting because it's the therapist or are you exiting because the therapist is highlighting things in you mm -hmm. that actually needs to be addressed? For sure. <laughs> what about you? What, what would your opinion be on kind of what people have to look for things to consider before they start therapy? Um, I think one of the one of the things that I like to encourage people with is that not all therapy is the same. Sometimes we see one way of therapy being done on TV or movies, like I had said before, but that's not every therapist has kind of their own way of doing things. And so you won't naturally feel like a fit with every person. And that can be for uh, religion reasons. That can be for lifestyle reasons, but it can also be for the type of therapy. Some therapies are more directive. Some therapies are more passive where the therapist sit back and does a lot of, you know, just reflecting back what they hear, but they don't really push or 
they they don't do that kind of thing. So if you have a sense of what kind of issue you're dealing with, then sometimes it's good to find somebody who really works with that issue too, versus just opening yourself up to every single person. And I know um, just a plug for psychology today, not that every therapist is on there, but it's a website that people can go on there and kind of look for different things that therapists might, you know, excel in or be an expert in. And that sort of thing can be helpful too. So it's really a process, right? And I think people don't spend enough time in that process, which if you think about when we're answering the question, like how to make the most out of therapy is if you start off therapy on the wrong foot, or if you started off being insecure or unsure about your therapist, then that can really just, you know, impact the rest of the future therapy journey. Yes. And, and that's not to say, you know, some people, you know, you might live in a small town somewhere where you don't have a ton of options. Um, but then there's also, you know, if you live in the city, you might have a plethora of options too. But even nowadays, because of COVID, we're a, we're able to do online sessions and there's a lot of that option out there too, where you do it. I, I like to encourage people to actually go in and sit with their therapist. You tend to get more out of it. Yeah. And I know we might spend a future podcast, maybe talking more in depth about this process of looking for a therapist, um, but thinking bo- about more that middle section of when they mm-hmm. are here in therapy, um, what are some things that they can start, you know, working on to make sure that they get the most of? Out of the experience, I think one of the biggest things uh, is to, you know, sometimes people go to therapy because somebody else is forcing them to go, or because somebody suggested to that go. That never happens. <laughs> yeah, I wish, but I think the one of the best things is to find your reason for being there. Why am I here? What can I get out of this, or what do I hope to get out of this? And then be able to convey that. To your therapist. This is really what I want to get out. Now, your therapist might have something else that they hear and see during the course of conversation. But if you have a motivation for being there, that's a huge part in getting the most out of your therapy. I would just want to spend the rest of the time talking about that <laughs> because so I was doing some research on actually looking at the factors that for therapists, I was thinking, OK, how can I be a better therapist? And I was doing the research and looking at, you know, both therapy factors, but then also, you know, treatment factors. And then I came across this article that was saying, you know, the the biggest predictor of success in therapy is actually the client and specifically how committed they are. You mean I don't have to work so hard anymore? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> like those other things matter, right? Mm-hmm. It definitely does matter. The modality, the treatment, so forth. But and I, and I started reflecting on like my own experience in the therapy room with my clients. And I realized the ones that are most successful are those who are 150% committed. They That's come prepared. So they do their homework, right? They are fully engaged. They are so hungry for change. I even have clients who bring a notebook and are taking notes and their notebook is their therapy notebook. It's not for anything else. It's just the stuff I get out of this time. And they take notes and they'll stop me and say, can you repeat that again? I really I want to make sure I get that down. Wow. (laughs) Yes. Some of them are like they apologize. I'm so sorry. No, please do. Yeah. Stop me. Make me say it all over again if you need me to. I'm happy to do that if you're if you're motivated to use this. Exactly. So I think, you know, if people get nothing of this podcast or they get one thing I should say Mm -hmm. would be, are you committed, right? To get the most out of therapy is to be 
fully committed, not one foot in, one foot out, but being fully committed. It may not be, that doesn't mean that you think that it's going to be easy or that it's going to, you have certain expectations, but just saying I am showing up and the therapist should show up. And then together as a teamwork approach, you'd be able to have more successful outcomes. And just from the therapist perspective, hearing my client say, you know, this is really hard for me. I, I don't even want to be here sometimes, but I've decided that this is that important to me. Man, that is one of the best things that I can hear. And I don't even mind if it takes them twice as long to get to where they want to be if I see, you know, that they're working with it. And it increases my motivation to really find the things that help them. Now, I'm going to do that anyway, but... It's really it, it just makes a really great symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. when my clients motivated. I was thinking of another thing, too, you know, with, you know, when we go into play a sport or something, the coach always sort of revs the team up. We can do that even before we go into our therapy session. Like, hey, I know this is going to be not the easiest thing, but I'm committed to it and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to give it everything that I've got. That's a good way to get motivated to go in there. And, and I'll tell people this, you know, sometimes the motivation isn't there, right? Mm-hmm. That's why commitment is so important because it's, I'm going to show up even when I don't feel like going, I'm going to do my homework even when I don't feel like it, right? Just, you know, taking the steps out of commitment to yourself that I want to make these changes, right? So even if you don't feel motivated, still show up. And that's that's interesting that you said that because that reminded me of something that I I think is important too as a client to recognize what are some of those reasons I may not want to be here. And one of those is something we call transference. And transference can be, you know, sometimes we think we don't like our therapist or we think we love our therapist or whatever. But one of the reasons for that could be that maybe our therapist reminds us of somebody in our life. And especially, I mean, it's awesome when it's a good person. It's not so awesome when it's a difficult person in our life. But even then to recognize, well, maybe I'm having a difficulty with this person because I need to work through this issue and I'm willing to stay committed even when it's not easy because this person reminds me of somebody. And sometimes that's when the best stuff comes out, because for whatever reason, you got the person you needed to work with because that's really what's going to help you. So don't be afraid if some stuff comes up. Maybe it's the sound of their voice. Maybe it's a mannerism or the way they look and who they remind you of. But that's something that can help you get the most out of your therapy session too. I've had clients that say, you know, I have a hard time with you because you remind me of so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's not my favorite thing to hear, but man, that you just opened up something that we can work with now and let's go for it. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to hide that issue from your therapist. Maybe your therapist hasn't picked up on it yet, but even bring it out to your therapist. And that'll tell you that your therapist is safe, too, when you bring that stuff out and you get the kind of response that yeah. you'd like. So that brings up another key component of how to make the most is to be open and honest. And mm-hmm. I actually I'll have a little spiel on the first you know, uh, intake Uh, session that I have with them. And I'll say, one of the things I value is complete openness and honesty. And they look at me a little strangely, like, 
uh, it's therapy. Like, of course. Mm -hmm. So you'd be surprised of how many people are not open or honest. And I tell them if at any point, like we don't jive well and you're like, I'm looking for another therapist. Tell me if I need to help you find another therapist, I'll help you. I'm not going to be offended or tell me if there's transference. Mm -hmm. If you remind me of somebody or tell me when I give you some homework and you hated it. And I ask you and you're like, oh, it's fine. Openness and honesty in Mm -hmm. therapy is what's going to help you. And then you can also expect that from your therapist for them to be open and honest. And that will help dramatically with your progress. That uh, that almost makes me laugh because I think of my grandma. She used to have somebody come in and clean the house when she wasn't physically able to do it, but she'd go through and try to clean everything up before the housekeeper came. Wow. <laughs> grandma, you're paying for somebody to clean the house, but you're cleaning it up. Well, I don't want them to see how messy the house is. That's the point of coming to therapy. Let your therapist see how messy your house is. If you clean things up or you pretend like they don't exist, then you don't get to work on them either. And we're ready for that kind of stuff. We're ready to hear all of it, the worst, the best, whatever you name it. That's what helps us help you is when you share that with us. But don't don't act like we're going to think less of you or we're going to judge you for it. We're therapists. We've most of us have heard just about everything. So you're probably not going to surprise us. It's not going to look too messy and we'll be able to handle it. That's what we're trained to do. So I don't know how many times I've had a client who says, I'm so sorry, or I was going to cancel today because, uh, you know, I've just been doing, I've just been horrible. And, you know, I, I don't have anything good to tell you. And I'm like, you know, people go to a hospital when they're sick, not when they're well. So why mm-hmm. would you expect to come to therapy only when you're doing well? Yeah. And I said, it's wonderful when you're doing great. Yeah. But also it's wonderful when you're not doing so well so that we can work through that and learn how to better kind of resilience. The idea of getting back up. It's not about how many times you fall, but how many times you're getting back up. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes too, like say in couples counseling, maybe if you don't want to say that thing in front of your spouse because you're afraid of what might happen, you can even schedule a session where you separate for a while and the therapist can talk with each person in the relationship if you're afraid to say something in front of the person. So that's another option too. If you're afraid to share something because, oh, well, this might hurt my kid if I say it in front of them or they may not want to live with me anymore if I say this in front of them. You can always say to the therapist, you know, I'd feel more comfortable sharing this with you without them. And we can work through that too. So open and honesty is very, very huge Mm -hmm. for for progress. I think another thing is um, to be honest about the process. So be patient. Um, I think a lot of times you're expecting first, second, third session to be cured. But that would be nice. Right. I I would love that as a therapist. Right. Uh But it's a journey. That's why I tell people therapy is a journey. So be patient. There's going to be ups and downs. Sometimes it gets harder before it gets better. Um, But be patient. The way that you can get the most out of therapy is just being patient. Yeah. I like to tell my clients, consider how long it took you to get here. We're not going to get through this in the first session if it took you that long to get here. So let's you know, we can walk back it might be a little slower than you want, but give yourself some grace in that amount of time. Don't don't hurry the process. And sometimes it's not getting to the end that's so important. It's the process of going, wow, I didn't realize I had the stamina to 
go through this for this long and now I'm happy where I am, but it was really realizing what I'm capable. I'm capable of talking about hard stuff. I'm I'm capable of handling things when they don't work out for me initially the way that I want them to. And the therapy process is actually a part of that whole experience of learning what you're capable of too. Yeah. I think the next thing that I I would like my clients to consider too to get the most out of their therapy sessions is to do the homework. A hundred percent. Yes, please <laughs> do the homework. It's great to sit in your therapy session for an hour, but where the work really makes a difference is when you take one little bit of information from the therapy session and practice it when you're at home. Or if your therapist is the kind of therapist that gives handouts or worksheets or that kind of homework to say, you know what, I'm going to not just commit to being in the therapy session, but I'm going to commit to doing the work that it takes outside of the therapy session. It might be I've got to go on a walk. I said I was going to give a 15 minute walk just to get that, you know, that all of those feel good chemicals going and stuff like that, those endorphins. I said I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it. And then if you want to take somebody with you, we didn't say you couldn't do it with somebody else. I mean, I don't think we did, but who knows if their therapist did. But do the homework. You will get so much more. Any of my clients that do the homework, they get better faster. So if you're frustrated that it's not going faster, consider, well, what parts of this have I not committed to that maybe would have gotten me there at that? Are you saying that one hour a week or one hour every two weeks or however often you have a session is not enough to change a whole <laughs> lifetime? That's exactly what I'm saying. There's nothing, there's not magical <laughs> dust or anything in that therapy room that in an hour just has this perfect combination. I always tell my clients, if I could magically just resolve all of your problems, I would be a lot wealthier and I'd be a lot more famous. And I'm not. <laughs> but the important thing is that we're willing to do the work. But that's where the dopamine comes from. Anytime you do work, you get a nice little hit of dopamine. And so even that is part of the process as well, too. I tell my clients that, too. But I say, you know, even if I could, if I had that magic wand, I wouldn't use it yeah. because it wouldn't teach them, you know, how to be resilient, how to you know, learn from their mistakes, how to grow, right? Because in adversity, there's growth. Mm -hmm. So maybe we do have magic wands. We're just not using them. <laughs> <laughs> it's better for you <laughs> if I don't use my magic wand. <laughs> so maybe we should summarize some of okay. the, the main points that we've made so far of um, to be committed, mm -hmm. right? To be 100% committed. What else? 100% committed to both being there and doing the work. Um Doing a little bit of homework going into it and stuff. I mean, there's plenty of websites, I'm sure, where you can find what to do before you go to therapy. But be willing. Don't don't you know, we don't all like every single food we try. We may not like or we don't make everybody our best friend. And that's the same way with therapy, too. We may find a better fit with somebody else. We may have a better um, outcome with a certain type of therapy that, you know, one therapist might do versus another therapist and stuff. So it doesn't, it's not personal to us. I want to find the best therapist for my client and yeah. stuff. And then being open and honest, both about mm -hmm. the process of finding a therapist in therapy itself. Um, but while you're open and honest, you can expect, right, there to be better outcomes. 
Absolutely. And even being honest about, I don't remember everything or I don't know what I'm here for. I'm just, I'm just here and I'm committed. We accept that too. So, um, this has been a really helpful conversation, I think, to a lot of people because that's one of the biggest questions or statements I get from my clients is, I don't know what to expect. What am I supposed to do? How often should I come? That's another one we might throw in there real quick. Your therapist will help you decide how often therapy is necessary for you or would be helpful for you. It could be once a week. It could be a couple times a week if if it needs to be more intense. It could be every other week. But typically, as we're doing better and better, you know, our clients are doing better and better, they can taper off, too. I have clients where I see them once a month just to keep them on track. You know, they want to stay with their goals and they want to but they don't tr- trust themselves quite yet to just be on their own. So that's okay too. And I think these are all good things that people can take with them to their therapy sessions. And maybe we'll have a lot more people out there going to therapy because we've demystified all of the concerns and questions they had about going. Or maybe less because they're like, oh no, I have to be committed. <laughs> that's true. But that's not a bad thing yes. to be committed and stuff. I remember even if it's just showing up, that's mm-hmm. a sense of commitment. Yeah. And I tell my clients too, you know, I'm like Home Depot or Lowe's or any home improvement store. I have the tools. I can teach you how to use them, but I can't do the work for you. And so just something to keep in mind as you go and do your therapy. And hopefully, you know, this has sort of made it easier to even consider it for you or a family member or somebody. Maybe you can share this with somebody else too. So if you only take one thing away from today's show, remember this. If mental illness is a whole person problem, then it must have a whole person solution. I'm Amanda Anguish. And I'm Dr. Katie Elson. And you've been listening to The The Brain Brain People People Podcast. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media, or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com. 